We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. The allergy bug has hit me like crazy. So I uh, I go to the corner, I tag in my tag team partner. He is Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners. And we're going to get after it, previewing some Kansas basketball and looking back on Bedlam. You know, <laughs> you said I was listening to some of the calls, and obviously being there next to you was pretty awesome. He is the greatest showman. Right now. I mean, I, I, again, I understand that it was a tough loss, but just what a show that Trey Young put on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, uh, you keep thinking, well, that's as good as we'll see. And uh, and he just keeps giving you something bigger and better. It was, um, it was uh, the, you know, 48 points is amazing. <laughs> I, I've, never, I've never seen it before. Me neither. Uh, I think it tied the uh, Big 12 record and um you know i haven't seen it for for us or for an opponent uh, it was you know he had to do it on saturday and i think that's worth um understanding if you're watching that game because of the way oklahoma state decided to defend ou what was available was them spreading the floor and trey going one-on-one they decided and we've talked about this before which is becoming a popular strategy is to defend everyone else, to stick on the perimeter players, to not help off of Brady and Cam and Christian James. And if uh, if he wants to go one-on-one and, and shoot every time down, then if you're the opposing coach, you're hoping that he'll wear himself out a little bit, and you're also hoping that the team won't get in a good flow. Right. And, um, you know, I, 
you could argue whether it was successful or not. He did lead them back from a 19-point deficit and a 12-point halftime deficit and go for 48 points. Uh, but it took a lot of shots for him to get there. But still, I mean, in the end, uh, it is six straight threes that he made in the second half um, was was pretty remarkable. I, I think the play that will haunt Trey is unable to come up with the foul at the end of regulation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was his guy, Kendall Smith, that got around him and, and shot the three to send it into overtime. And, you know, that stinks. I, I think what you hope is this is not college football. This is not, you know, one loss could knock you out of the playoff chase. Um, Oklahoma's going to the NCAA tournament and, and, you know, maybe a pretty high seed. What you hope is that there's an occasion on down the line later in conference play in the Big 12 tournament, maybe in the NCAA tournament where you've got a three-point lead with 10 seconds left, and you can harken back to Saturday in Stillwater and say, remember, we didn't get it done there. Let's learn from that, and let's get it done this time. And hope that that turns into a a learning experience for Trey and for everybody else that ends up resulting in a win in a more important situation. So um, that was a tough one because it looked like they had it won. It looked like they had, you know, one of the – best comebacks in recent memory to be down 19 and to be in a rally back and to be up five in the closing minute of that one and let it get away hurts but uh, there is certainly no time to pout because uh, the Kansas Jayhawks are coming up next you know I got uh, Kevin Henry coming up uh, I think later in the podcast today but we call this early week edition the game plan and I'd, I'd be curious Toby from someone who played college hoops yourself and someone who is now uh, called every single game just about of the Lon Kruger era outside of just a, a a couple whenever you might have a conflict. Very rare to see him go zone. But then in that, an incredible call. And then knowing that Oklahoma State had probably worked pretty hard on their zone offense at half to come out in the second half and go back in man-to-man and to see this team respond the way it did. What a game plan that almost out of necessity was laid out by Lon Kruger on Saturday. Yeah, he, he rarely dials up a zone. He likes to play man. It's his, uh, and he will the rest of the way. So I, I wouldn't watch that and say, well, OU's going to be a 2-3 team the rest of the season. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, it, has, it is rare. You're right. On occasion, through the years, we have seen him in, in a similar situation where he feels like, we're, you know, it's not getting done this way. Let's just try to do something to change the flow of the game. He'll go to it, and that's what he did on Saturday. And I thought, if nothing else, it just took OSU out of you know their mojo a little bit. They shot a bunch of three pointers late in the first half, and the well kind of ran dry for them. And it allowed OU to get a little bit of traction before yep. halftime. Yep. And then in the second half, you saw him vary it a little bit. He went man, he'd come back down and do a possession of the zone, and then back to man for a while. They jump-trapped, and it was just kind of a hodgepodge of different defenses in the second half. But, um, you know, he's, he's pretty good. He's won 615, I think, career games if you don't do that without knowing what you're, uh, you know, what you're doing. So on both ends of the court. I'm fascinated now to watch. It, it is OU's turn to counterpunch. Yep. You know, they went through the first 15 games of this year or so, and that offense was – cranking in high gear and they're leading the nation in scoring and boom boom uh three splash you know it's it's fun it's a show 
And now all of a sudden they run into um, a game plan by an opponent that everybody's starting to copy. Just what we talked about, which was, you know what? Why don't we just let Trey get 50 and see if he can beat us on his own? So uh, they've lost two in a row, and I don't think that's worth panicking over because you're going to lose road games. You've got to defend your home floor, pick off as many as you can on the road. And losing a couple of road games is certainly not worth going you know, back to uh, starting over. But we're starting to see this um, – game plan by opponents over and over again now. So how does Lon counter that and not wear Trey out? You know, you can't ask him to go get 50 for you every night. Um, they need some other guys to step up, honestly. And there's some things to criticize Trey about from Saturday, but Christian James went 0 for 6 from 3. Oof. Brady missed some 0 for 3 in the second half. Um, they missed some easy shots around the rim in overtime. Everybody else has to you know, when they get an opportunity to deliver and relieve the pressure on him a little bit as well. You know what I dug uh, on Saturday? Not just the cool seat I had between uh, you and Kevin and, and Joe Castiglione courtside, but I dug that ratcheted up aggressiveness that you saw from this team, Toby. It was almost as if coming out of the locker room and maybe even the latter part of the first half, they kind of realized, okay, uh, we, we got to find another gear. We haven't brought our a game I guess and for me as as someone who doesn't get to see every game as someone who listens to you guys a lot I liked seeing that because that's we talk about championship mindset a lot with softball that's kind of a championship mindset approach is hey you've got to police yourself and when you know and Lon Kruger told you afterwards hey it wasn't a big exit I mean we just talked about the adjustment zone before the half but more than anything, when it came to rebounding, Toby, that was just ratcheted up effort. And I kind of felt like this team did a pretty good job of realizing, hey, we need to step up that intensity. And I saw that and I heard that in the team huddles. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this team is, um, you know, good or bad, uh, kind of mirrors uh, Oklahoma football a little bit in that they play better when uh, they've got a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. And and when this year started, you know, they were picked sixth in the preseason poll and not they're not ranked. And I think they started the year with something to prove. You, know, you guys think we're not very good. We're going to show you. And they go beat Wichita and Wichita and USC and L.A. and Oregon and Oregon. and You know, they started Big 12 play good. And then people started to believe. And they rocketed up the rankings, and they're getting a ton of national attention and last week they're into the top five. Yeah. And instead of trying to prove to everyone that you're good, you're getting a lot of pats on the back. And I think it, you know, it shouldn't affect you, but I think it did. And we saw that evidenced by the slow starts this week in Manhattan and, and in Stillwater. Um, they came out and looked like, hey, we're the number four team in the country. We should be able to beat you and not really try that hard. And then they got down to 3-5-6, and they're getting embarrassed in gallagher Iber Arena, and we saw that fight again. Um, now, here's what's happening now, is everybody telling them they're not going to be good again. You know? <laughs> Trey's getting criticized, and they're going to drop in the polls this week, and um, everybody's, you know, or not everybody, but a lot of people saying, well, maybe these guys are pretending. So hopefully that chip is back on the shoulder, and they roll into the LNC on Tuesday night against Kansas with something to prove. 
And, uh, you know, the trick is to learn from that, because if you do, then here comes the phrase again. You right. know, so yeah. you got to know how to handle it. And it's not, it's not surprising, honestly, when two of maybe, maybe your two best players, certainly two of your best players are true freshmen and have never been through anything like this before. So um, as long as you can learn from it, in college basketball, they allow you to do that. They allow you to absorb losses, go on down the line, learn from it, and be your best in March. We're not in February yet. Yeah. So we're still in the gather as much wins as you can, get as good of a seed as you can, hopefully win a conference championship. But the ultimate goal is to be your best in March. I mean, we had, we had already thrown dirt on Kansas, and now look at them. I mean, they, they kind of control their own destiny yet again in the Big 12. You and I, when we were driving to Stillwater, got to listen to John Calipari talk about, hey, we're not there yet, but I think we're a really good basketball team, and I think we're going to have something to say. Well, they went out and lost at home to Florida. So it, it's, it's kind of cool in college basketball to where in the media anymore, and you and I always joke about this, you got to be knee-jerk. You got to be, oh, this guy needs to be fired. You got to be, oh, this loss is just going to destroy them. When it's, it's not really the case, especially in college basketball. Maybe, maybe outside of college baseball and college softball, college basketball more than any other sport, Toby, there's – almost like phases of the season. And we're still, even though we're headed towards the the midpoint of Big 12 play, we're still relatively early in the college basketball season. Now, that doesn't mean you can coast by any stretch of the imagination, but by no means are you panicking and throwing, what's the analogy, throwing the, the baby out with the bathwater or anything of that nature right, right. now? Yeah, that's a, a horrible turn of phrase that somebody a long time ago invented. I have no idea what the origination was. I I have no clue. Um, Yeah. I'll just clarify one thing. Uh, I did not throw dirt on Kansas. But you're right. A whole lot of people people did. And I warned them they have won 13 in a row and do not count these guys out. And, And sure enough, here we are almost to the halfway point. Kansas is the team to beat. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Back to your point, though. Um, you're right. Nothing alarming has happened to OU basketball here. They lost two road games in the toughest conference in America. Uh, alarming is losing at home to teams you should be. Right. Alarming is getting blown out. And you could argue Tuesday they got, they got ran out pretty good by K-State. But you're going to lose in this conference, on the road, and that goes for Kansas and everybody else. What you can't let it do is destroy your confidence, cause infighting. Um, you know, forget what happens on Twitter or message boards Amen. or ESPN analysts or all that kind of stuff. you got to be able to zone all that out. Who cares? They're going to be reactionary. They're going to love you when you win, hate you when you lose, pat you on the back when you make a shot. Uh, run you through the ringer when you miss one. Uh, we know that. So block all that out. Don't allow any infighting. And go get ready for the next game. Because it is a, an absolute grind. And, you know, as soon as they get done with this one against Kansas, then they got to pick their heads up and they got to go to Tuscaloosa and play an <laughs> Alabama team that is also an NCAA tournament team and may have the second-best freshman point guard in America. And i be honest with you, I don't know who's after that. <laughs> I'm sure whoever it is is really good. Here, here's an example. I asked uh, TJ this morning on the radio, who's the worst team in the Big 12? 
and he said, I don't know, maybe Baylor. Now, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but if Baylor's the worst team in the Big 12 and Kansas is the best, Baylor had a five-point lead on Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse with a minute to go. Took a 9-0 run to beat them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how tough this conference is. And I'm not, you know, I, my only point there is you can't let it destroy you when you lose a game. You've got to say, all right, let's get our let's, let's, let's be sad about it for about an hour, and then let's start the game plan for the next one. Otherwise, right. you've lost three, four, five in a row, and then you are buried and in a lot of trouble. Hey, uh, I'll let you go on this, and I appreciate all the time, as always, from the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland here on the game plan. What do we know about Kansas? Uh, are are they vulnerable with Graham? They have a really strong guard. There's going to be some fun one-on-one matchups tonight. But what do we know about Kansas as a team, T-Row, as you've started preparing for this broadcast? Well, I think their strength is that they know their Kansas. Um, they, if you get in a close game with them late, Kansas believes they're going to make the plays to win. Yep. And that is extremely valuable when almost every game you play is close. <laughs> um, they are thin. Uh, they play, you know, five guys. If you look at their scoring averages, five guys averaging in double figures, and nobody else that plays averages more than three points a game. Uh, Azabuki has become a force, seven footer. Big, strong guy down low, susceptible to foul trouble. I think it would behoove Oklahoma greatly if they could find a way to get him in foul trouble early in this game. And then they got some guys that are streaky and collided up. And Devontae Graham is certainly the leader of that pack. Steve Makai Luke as well. They got this Newman kid, the transfer out of Mississippi State, that is capable of going on some scoring tears. Um, so they're good, they're athletic. I don't think that, you know, you look at this team and, and Devontae Graham will, will probably play in the NBA. Maybe Makai Luke. There's not some guys that you say, well, he's a surefire top 10 pick, um, you know, but they are Kansas and they're highly recruited and they've got Bill Self on the sidelines and they totally believe that when it gets to crunch time, they're going to make the plays to win. And they do. And I think part of beating them is not getting psyched out by that because more often than not, you see the opponents also kind of uh, crumble under the pressure of Kansas late in games when it's close. That happened to Baylor the other day. Yep. So uh, you've got to, the first key to beating Kansas is walking into that gym believing you're going to beat Kansas. And um, other than that, you know, X's and O's wise, I think Oklahoma matches up well with. Them. Kansas wants to go. Kansas isn't interested in slowing down a game and have it in the 60s or play in zone or any of this stuff. They believe they've got better athletes than you, and they're perfectly happy to play an up-and-down, open-paced basketball game. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what, what approach Bill Self has tomorrow night because we're only playing five guys most of the time or maybe six uh, it would be real easy for them to get tired if they challenge Oklahoma to an up and down game. Does Kansas actually, you know, try to slow it down and play a little zone or something like that? I doubt it. But um, matchup wise, I think it's a really good matchup for Oklahoma. 
I can't wait. Toby, have a great call. I will truly miss not sitting next to you and Kevin Henry on Tuesday night, later tonight. Uh, but thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to be there the last couple of games, even even if I might be bad luck. Oh, no, 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 no. You aren't bad luck. We'll miss it as well. It'd be great to have Michael Dean back, but hopefully we can get you to do some sideline reporting for us on down the line because that was a lot of fun, and I think it was a great addition to our broadcast. Thanks, Toby. Talk to you soon, buddy. Have a great call. Okay, see you. Trey, step back. He lost Averett. He shoots a three again. He is the greatest showman. 67-64, all apologies to P.T. Barnum. So from one half of the broadcast to the analyst side, Kevin Henry joins us now on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Kevin, thanks for doing this. First and foremost, kind of your reaction and your thoughts from Saturday. I know I know, we'll pose a lot of the kind of same theories and ideas that we did at Toby with you, but uh, what did you take away from that performance on Saturday night and the tough loss to Oklahoma State and Gallagher-Iba Arena? No, Chris, thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a tough game. I mean, just a tough weekend for Sooner fans, and I tell you, there's just a couple of plays that you that stand out in my mind that that we wish we'd have had back. You know, if we could have had a couple of those back, um, there's a couple of skip passes that trade through and and a pass through the lane, and then obviously that there late in the game, the the head screen on Mitchell Solomon, trade him off of a ball yep. screen. Mitchell Solomon showed out there, and the ball went off Trey's leg. Maybe Solomon got a hand on it or something like that. Bang bang play right there at half court. I mean, Trey's done that to perfection all season long. We always bring whichever guy that the Sooners feel like, hey, we're going to have a mismatch if they switch. And Oklahoma State was switching all those screens. So if they switch, if if Solomon's on Trey, we have the advantage. He's just quicker. He can go right around him or, you know, drive it and step back and shoot it. And that one went off his leg. Just a tough break there for the Sooners. And, again, you know, you can you can talk about all the plays down the stretch and overtime, the floater that – that Trey missed and a couple of jump shots that uh, some of his teammates had that just didn't go in. Doolittle had a couple of putbacks there, just just didn't fall. But you know, I tell you, this is this is a fun team, and this just shows you how tough this league is. It's nothing. Uh, it's nothing about you know this this game here and the Sooners have dropped two in a row and things like that. It's just this tough league. And look at a team like TCU. We talk about them. They've they've dropped several games this year, but who, they've played us twice and they played Kansas already and and at Texas. They went in double overtime. So, I mean, you can – the losses can mount up quickly um, with such a good lead. There's no rocking chair games in this league. You know, um, I think it gets lost. I was talking with Toby about it. But beyond just the numbers from Trey Young, Kevin, and, and we'll talk about his just unconscious performance at times on Saturday. But how about the strategy from Lon Kruger? Late in that first half to go zone. And then after you know Oklahoma State had to spend a significant amount of time at halftime working the chalkboard, or I guess a dry erase board in today's era, on how they were going to defend, how they were going to attack the zone, Sooners come out of halftime back in that man-to-man defense. I thought the strategy from Lon Kruger defensively, and it really sparked this team, was pretty incredible. Yeah, you know, and that's just Coach Kruger been around for so many years, coaching, coached so many games. And uh, that's just the, the chess match that the basketball games have. I mean, you, you mix it up. You do something different. Um, now, has Coach Kruger thought about going zone earlier this year? Probably not as much as, as most coaches would have, just because the Sooners really are not a zone-playing team. They're a man-to-man, help-side defense-playing team. They don't really worry about zones and stuff like that. But in this situation, I mean, it's 25-6, to six, for crying out loud. There's not – a lot going your way on the offensive end, and they're getting anything and everything they want on the defensive end. So what what the Sooners did and what Coach Kruger did was just went to that 2-3 zone, 
and uh, it worked for them. Make make OSU hit a couple of threes and try to get in rhythm. They didn't shoot great from the three, but you know they made them when they needed them. But um, that I thought that couple of misses give guys a chance to rebound. Think about this, Chris. When you're playing a zone, you're guarding an area. Right. You're not guarding a man. And so when when you're in a man to man, if a team spreads the floor on you, then our big guys are so far out that they're not in great rebounding position. If you're playing against a team that attacks the glass, especially the offensive glass, they can go right around you and, and go get rebounds. So when you're in a zone, it makes yes, it's going to force teams to shoot from the outside. But think about the defensive positioning for rebounds. You saw Christian James go up and get several big-time rebounds there because he was in a spot that allowed him that opportunity. Right. And then, you know, Jamani McNeese and, and, and Kadeem Latin, those guys, Brady and Richard, those guys are in spots now. You have your guards out top, so Trey's out top around the, the elbow, and he can get some long rebounds. But you put those three front court guys down in spots that allow them to get rebounds, and that's what we needed. We needed to get a rebound push the ball down the floor, and try to go get an easy basket. And the game has so many flows to it that, that tricking something, throwing a little junk defense in there every now and then is something that, that teams do, and perfect timing, perfect uh, way to set that thing up by Coach Kruger and the guys. And then one other thought from the game on, on Saturday. The way in which Oklahoma was performing on the boards early, I know you, everyone, I mean, Lon Kruger was frustrated with. But when you see the way they bounced back, Kev, what an incredible effort to not only win the rebounding battle, but to have two guys in Christian Doolittle and Christian James have double-digit rebounds. Kadeem Latin uh, had seven boards, eight for Richard Odoms, who kind of helped the kind of helped the Sooners get back in that game uh, with the aggressiveness he showed to start the second half. I mean, to see that commitment to the boards, even though they were in that zone defense, was pretty incredible. Well, and here's the thing, Chris. What what the team has to do now is find ways to not dig themselves in a hole like that. Very true. We know we can play. We know we can play from behind. We've played from behind in other games this year. We've gotten down early. We've been down late. We've been down, you know, down six with a minute to go, and somehow I've still figured out ways to win close ball games. And that one we just didn't. But let's not get ourselves in a hole like that. You know, you can roar back. You know, you have it in you to get the stops that are needed and to play <sighs> tough and be physical and and that sort of thing. And and so you have to figure out ways to do that in the first half. Don't wait until you're down double digits and then say, okay, guys, let's flip a switch because that switch sometimes doesn't, doesn't work as well, you know, on the road. And and sometimes you still have enough time left. So that that's the takeaways from that game to me, you know, winning and losing a conference game, you know, middle of the season, stuff like that. I'm not so much worried about that, but what you need to do is figure out ways to bounce back, you know, correct all the little mistakes, which I know the Sooners are going to do. They're going to get in the gym. Yeah, let's talk about a couple of the guys that can make some different shots and make some better shots and things like that. But even Trey's ball handling, we can, yeah. you know, he can work on coming off that ball screen today in practice. So when people say, you know, you need to get in the gym and work on your game, it doesn't always translate to getting in the gym and shooting 500 jump shots. For someone like Trey, it might be getting in the gym and come off of 500 ball screens. And, and going left and going right, and what are you going to do when you stretch that defender out? I always say, come off the ball screen two dribbles before you try to do anything else. Go off two dribbles. That gets you the separation that you need and see what that guy's going to do. Is your, is your defender going to come at you? Is, are they going to switch completely? You don't see that after the first dribble off the ball screen. You don't quite, you're not quite sure. But if you stretch it out to two dribbles, now you can see what everybody else is doing, what your man's doing, and gives you it spreads it out a little bit more. So, you know, there's just little things that you can take away that they, the team can use to 
you know, rebound, bounce back, however you want to look at it. What do you see in Kansas? They're good. They're a good team. I mean, they're not the Kansas of, of old. We know that because they've had to really squeak out a couple of victories. But, you know, it's just late in games, those guys were able to pull away. You know, when they were at West Virginia, West Virginia's up 16. I turned the game off. Next thing you know, they ended up pulling it out and winning the game. I mean, it's just like, golly, can, can somebody beat these guys? So, but they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose some games. I mean, this is too tough of a league. Night in and night out, you're gonna play against teams that are coming after you, and they're gonna battle. They're gonna fight, and every it's everybody. I don't care if you're the first, second, third place team, or you're the you know the seventh, eighth, ninth team. You're you're gonna come out and battle, and uh, get after people. And, and and Kansas takes everybody's best shot. I feel like Oklahoma lately has taken everybody's best shot, and they're gonna guard. I tell you, Kansas Kansas has that championship. DNA built inside of them because they've won a bunch and those guys are, are experienced and things like that. But with with that comes another way to guard Trey, another way to, to defend, another way to, you know, squeak out victories. And so you're going to have, uh, you know, if there's 30, 31 games in a season, there's going to be 31 different ways to guard. And, and tomorrow night is going to be another way that somebody's going to throw a, a defensive wrinkle at us. And it's going to be up to the Sooners to, you know, watch film and see what they've done the last five games, which is what is most common with teams. But you know what? There may be something they did in the, the first game of the season, uh, and, and they might bring that back out tomorrow night. So you just never know. Hey, uh, hey Kev, real quick, one final thought on Trey Young. Yeah. What's the next adjustment he's going to have to make? What are you seeing from opposing teams? I mean, listen, he scored 48. Uh, but like you said, you know, maybe work on coming off that ball screen. Maybe it's understanding situations. I, I, I know that even Coach Kruger said he should have fouled there late whenever they were up three. But as you watch teams and how they defend him, what's going to be his next adjustment that he needs to make? Well, on that foul call, that's something that teams have to practice. And even if you practice it, you run through your plays every single day. That's something you have to practice, and that's yeah. a hard play to make. So, um, I'm not so, I'm not so much concerned with that. I think, you know, Trey. I want to see Trey get to the continue to get to the paint and continue to get to the free throw line. I mean, he shot more free throws than anybody in the country. I think just about this year. I mean, just continue to drive the ball. I think he settles for some some jump shots a little too often. Now, when he gets rolling, and you can tell when he's rolling then fire it up because three is always worth more than two. But but if he can, I mean, he's so fast, and he has the best handle that we've seen in a long, long time. Use that handle. Use that speed and quickness. Get to the paint. Create something. Drive and kick opportunities for your teammates. Or get in there. Come to a jump stop. Get those guys up in the air and get fouled. It's going to be critical tomorrow night. Those When, when any sooner player gets to the paint, you got to come to a two-footed jump stop and be strong. I mean, Kansas is going to guard. Not quite like West Virginia, but they're only uh, half a step behind West Virginia by the way that they defend. And so they're going to have active hands. They're going to be swiping at the ball, slapping at the basketball. Guys need to come in there, come to a jump stop, and and go get fouled or look for the driving kick. I mean, Trey is spectacular, and he's been phenomenal all season long. So I'm I'm not going to be critical of his game. The way that he's played this season has gotten us to this point. And, and, you know, when when I look at some of the national media people criticize him, it's like, are you kidding me? That's his game. And not only has he played that way all season long, he did it at a level he's never done it before, at least on the, from a scoring aspect of scoring 48. So um, continue to play his game, but look for opportunities to get to the paint. Good things will happen. And I'm not saying get to the paint and always kick it out because I, I want him to go get his. But get to the paint, good things will happen. Man, I said this whenever I was uh, talking to Kevin on my radio show, and I feel it uh, to my core. We have... I think 
some of the best analysts on our radio and TV broadcasts going. And I don't know if there is anyone that knows the game better or anyone that can uh, teach the game better from a broadcasting perspective than Kevin Henry. I learned so much. Uh, I learned so much listening to the broadcast, but to be there firsthand and to kind of talk through things and have him explain things to me, Sooner fans, this guy's a gem. So if you get an opportunity, and that's G-E-M. Uh, if you get an opportunity, make sure you tune into Toby and Kevin and Michael Dean on the Sooner Radio Network. Remember, remember, earlier start tonight, 6 o'clock start for Oklahoma and Kansas. Hey, uh, if you subscribe, you got a nice treat coming your way on Wednesday. So spread the word. Jessica Cootie, Meg McDonald will have three incredible interviews as we drop a new show here on the Sooner Sports Podcast with uh, Cootie and Meg McDonald. I think you'll enjoy it. And if you aren't subscribed, hey, make sure to spread the word. Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Thanks to our great sponsors, the Riverwind Resort and Allstate. And we'll see you back here on Friday for the game plan. And on Wednesday, don't forget a new show coming up with Jess and Meg. Everyone have a great week. And Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.